Well, hey there, podcast listener. How are you today? Like, really? Because if I could be honest, you're looking a little stressed out. And that's okay, because I've got your back. Because if you are feeling stressed out with life and work, left to feel unfulfilled, stuck, and ready for a new chapter to begin, well, I'm inviting you to change that. Because I want you to sit down with me and let's figure out a plan together, your life's roadmap, taking you from where you are right now and getting you to where you want to be. All you have to do is head on over to workwithkevin.coach. That is workwithkevin.coach to sign up. Until then, enjoy today's episode. Hey, real quick before you dive into today's episode, I just want to let you know, coming up in a couple of weeks, so we're talking the last week of September, September 2022, something big's happening here on the podcast, and I wanted you to be the first to know about it. So be sure to keep your ears to the ground, your antennas up, because things are going down here on the podcast. What am I talking about? Well, I can't reveal all the secrets just yet, but just realize it's going to have a fresh new look, a new feel to it. So we're talking maybe a new name, a new logo, some new branding with, of course, the same great host. (laughs) Yes, no, I'm not going anywhere. And of course, the same incredible content and guests that this podcast has been known for and is what has had people like you coming back week after week. So anyways, I just wanted to give you a quick shout out on that to uh, stay tuned. Coming up in a couple of weeks, we got some big things happening. (laughs) All right, on to the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. The podcast shining light on the inspiring stories of ordinary people choosing to live out anything but ordinary lives, all in the hope that you will be inspired to live out your best life. Because this life, it's meant to be lived, and this podcast is meant to inspire you to do it. What's going on? And welcome back to The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. Hope you're having an awesome day today here on the podcast is episode 119. Today, I'm sitting in the studio with an incredible woman named Catherine Clomitis. Catherine is an artist, public speaker, author, and graphic designer. But as with many of the people that I feature here on the podcast, Catherine has had her own life's challenges to overcome. Matter of fact, her challenges started young because before Catherine reached the age of 10, she had already broken over 500 bones in her body. See, Catherine has what is commonly known as brittle bone disease. This means that today, even though Catherine is a grown adult with her own thriving business, she's only two feet, seven inches tall. She has to rely on the use of a power wheelchair to help her get around. But in contrast to Catherine's small size is a massive heart of gold that is radiating pure sunshine from her. And through talking with Catherine, I came to realize what gives this heart of gold its shine 
is purely the happiness that is radiating inside. Because even with such a life-altering disease as this, Catherine and her parents were determined to not let this steal her happiness. With her parents' influence, Catherine was determined to make something of herself. And she was going to be happy doing it. And oh my goodness, has Catherine done this and more. With a successful company, a pure gift for art and design, and that heart of gold, Catherine is leaving an impact on the world, just as she did on me when I sat down and interviewed her for today's episode. Now, prior to me and Catherine hitting record on today's episode, we got chatting about our love for country music. We specifically got talking about the country duo Sugarland. She had a lyric on, I believe it was her website or social media, that was a quote taken from one of Sugarland's hit songs, Something More. The quote or part of this song lyric it goes something like this some believe in destiny and some believe in fate but i believe that happiness is something we create and i couldn't help but think wow what a beautiful reminder to us all that here we are talking with this woman who's faced unimaginable difficulties in her life yet she keeps going each and every day and not just going and not just pushing forward, but being happy while doing it, spreading happiness and wanting to spread joy into the world. And what's more amazing than that? So what do you say? Let's start creating some happiness as I turn over the mic to the woman of the hour. Catherine, this stage is yours. So, as you said, my name is Catherine Colmitos. I live right outside of New Orleans, Louisiana. I am an artist and a graphic designer. I was born with a genetic bone disease called osteogenesis imperfecta, which is more commonly known as brittle bone disease. But it basically means that my bones break easily and they grow abnormally. So, I am only two foot seven inches tall. I use an electric wheelchair for mobility. And I usually have an aide with me all the time because I can't complete most of my daily tasks by myself. So like going to the bathroom and getting food and running my business, things like that. I need help doing all of those things. I grew up with two parents who were veterinarians. So I grew up around animals. And I got into art at a really young age because it was something that I could actually do. And I was <laughs> I was really smart and I was really bored. <laughs> and my parents were constantly trying to find things to occupy me because I was driving them completely nuts. And so my mom gave me my first watercolor set when I was about five. And I just, from that point on, I was immersed in art and my parents supported it completely. They got me into all kinds of classes, both in school and out of school. Yeah, it just kind of went from there. I I would go to my parents' clinic with them on the weekends. And again, because I was bored, I would start drawing and painting the client's pets while they were waiting for their appointments. And eventually, sometime around, you know, when I was a young teenager, they started paying me to do that. Like 
the clients would just start paying me to paint their pets. And so by that point, I was like, ooh, I like this art thing. You know, this is great. Because as a young teenager, I was making money. Yes. And so, and of course, the catch-22 of that is that my mom said, oh, you're making your own money? Good, you can buy your own stuff. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like I got to keep it or, or I had to pay attention to how I spent it. Let's put it that way. Yes. But anyway, but yeah. So yeah, so I got really into that. And then in high school, I had a private art professor that taught me on a college level, privately on the weekends. and then. In school, in college, I ended up majoring in graphic design simply because in order to put out enough work, like the volume of work to be successful financially as an artist, that was physically going to be almost impossible for me. I just physically can't do it. And so I decided to switch my major from fine art to graphic design at like my second year, I think, that allowed me to do some more commercial work that it's not always quite as fun. You know, it's not always quite as creative, but it does pay the bills. So, yes. so <laughs> you know, my life today is kind of a balance of both. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I love that. I love that. So I have so many questions about your medical condition, which I'm not going mm-hmm. to try to pronounce the official word. I'll use the brittle bone disease. Okay. So, so okay. was it known as soon as you were born that you had this condition? Yes. So my parents found out two weeks before I was born. Okay. Okay. Wow. Now explain to me like how this impacts your, your life in terms of your body's health is in terms of growing. Cause I don't know much about it. Yeah. So it, I mean, it impacts everything I do. So as I said, I'm only two foot seven inches tall. So as far as growing, there's not a whole lot of that going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I can't, I've never been able to walk. I've always used an electric wheelchair. I can't pick up oh, like heavy things. I can't do things like open jars. For example, this is kind of a simple one, but it's easier for me to use plastic utensils than metal ones just because they're lighter mm. and it's easier on my wrists. Okay. So things like that. I do a lot of my daily activities laying on my side, which is very different for most people. It's easier for me to be laying down because it's easier on my back. I can sit up. I mean, you know, I can sit up for hours in my chair, but it's easier for me to focus on something when I don't have as much pain going on. And I usually have more pain sitting up. Yeah, so I learned how to draw and paint laying on my side, which is interesting because when you look at something laying down, it looks very different than when you're sitting up. And so when I was taking those classes with that private art professor as a teenager, she taught me how to compensate for that. Because every time that I would draw something from life, like if I would look at, you know, a vase of flowers or something, and try to draw it from life, it would come out crooked (laughs) because I was seeing it crooked, but I didn't realize I was seeing it crooked, you know, because that was normal for me. She always said, draw what you see, not what you think you see. Okay. And so she taught me how to look at the world, how it really is rather than how I thought it was. Oh, wow. If that makes any sense. No, it does. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, people, 
tend to freak out because I eat laying down and I drink laying down. And, you know, yeah. people freak out about choking hazards. And I'm like, guys, I've been alive for 33 years. I've been doing this for 33 years. We're, we're good at this point. I like to lay on tables, like hard surfaces, because it's hard for me. Like when you, you know how when you lay on a soft bed, you sink into it? Yes. Well, I can't get out of that. Okay. Because I don't have the body strength to push myself out of a hole. Okay. So it's easier on my back and it's easier on me to be on something hard. Okay. Wow. So... So... Yeah. That's and and so this this brittle bone disease it literally is as that sound, it literally it's your body the bones just break super easy like if you exert any strength yeah. onto them yeah so brittle bone disease is a collagen problem collagen is the material that makes up your bones and your skin and the linings of your organs your hair so there's a couple of different ways it can occur. Like one, this is getting a little more scientific, but one is you can, your body can make collagen, but not enough of it, or your body makes collagen, but it's defected. And so either way, it doesn't work. Either way, you're not able to absorb enough calcium because that's what collagen does. It absorbs calcium to make your bones and your hair and your skin and everything stronger. And so basically our issue is that we don't absorb calcium. So like okay. I could drink, you know, five glasses of milk in a day and it won't matter. Yes. Because I'm not going to absorb any of it. Wow. People ask me how many bones I've broken. We stopped counting when I was 10, around 500. So a lot. <laughs> what? What? 500 yeah. times? Yeah. Wow. It's a you're, lot. I mean. I mean, your your parents, they must be really amazing. I mean, they. I can only imagine as parents having a child and they know their child has this condition and then going through that because, I mean, you know, it had to be hard on them to to have this going on and, you know, there's no way to help it. Yeah. And, you know, when I was born, that was over 30 years ago, there was even less information about this disease then than there is now. And the prognosis was even worse then. I mean, you know, it it, it was basically, yeah, she's basically not going to live, which obviously did not happen. Yes, (laughs) yes. But yeah, I mean, I had great parents and I'm lucky that they were both in the medical field. I mean, they're veterinarians, but still, you know, my grandfather is also a doctor. So that has helped a lot as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very lucky given the family I had. Yes, of course. Now, I believe you told me, though, which this is very interesting to me, though, that your bones, when they break, you heal faster than normal? Yes. So when you look at an x-ray of your body, your bones are white on an x-ray because your bones have um, the correct amount of calcium. You know, they're strong. My bones on an x-ray are light gray. And that's because they don't have as much calcium. So there's not as much there to heal. So it takes a lot less time for me to heal. So yeah, I, you know, I could sneeze and break a rib, but I'll heal that rib in a week. 
because there's not as much there to heal. Okay. So, okay. Kind of a trade off. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. Of course. Wow. It just so, so fascinating. And I guess especially what's just really just awesome about you is I listen to you speak and, and, and I listen to you talk about all that you've accomplished. And I sit there and I think to myself, like, look at this woman who like just the odds stacked against her right from the get go. And yet you've just kept plugging away and, and doing amazing things. And especially I want to get into to really diving into to this artistic gift that you were given is you you started with art very young, correct? Yes. Yeah, very young. Yeah, and and so you you made mention of it earlier about being at your your parents' work at the veterinarian office. So so tell me about that. How did how did that all come about with all of a sudden you starting to draw people's pets and stuff for them? Well, really it was a product of boredom. Um, (laughs) you know, I was stuck at my parents' office on the weekends, you know, because obviously they had to work and I wasn't in school. And so I would get bored. I mean, you know, a veterinarian's office is a very interesting place to be because there's always a lot going on and there's a lot of animals. And my dad was a surgeon also. So there was almost always surgery going on. But, you know, when you're there every weekend and you're a kid, it gets really boring. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) I had already gotten into art by that point. You know, my mom had given me that watercolor set and and I had already been to a few art camps and I was doing art in school. And so my mom would just let me bring all of my art supplies to the office every weekend. And I would just start painting whatever I saw or whatever I felt like. Yes. And, you know, I mean, I was young. I was 10. It wasn't like, <laughs> you know, any amazing, you know, drawings <laughs> or anything. Of course. But it was something to do. Yes. You know, and and I started just experimenting with different media. And again, like I was in all kinds of summer art camps. And, but, you know, this is the other thing. I was extremely lucky because my parents did push me to try all kinds of art. You know, I had already gotten to try almost every medium out there. By the time I was, I don't know, 14, 15, maybe. Yes. So, you know, this is these are things that a lot of artists don't even get to try until they're in college. Yes. You know, and I had already already done it. And I had also already pretty much figured out that watercolor was my favorite. And that's what I would end up going back to professionally. Oh, wow. But but yeah, I mean, I without that push from my parents, you know, I don't know if I would be to the point where I am today. And that also going along with that, I mean, my family, my parents, there was never a question of, are you going to college? It was, you're going to college. (laughs) There was, there was no, like, no, uh, maybe, maybe not. No, you're, you're going to college. No question. And so, you know, I had to figure out like, okay, they expect me to go to college and they've taken really good care of me. And so I need to do what they want. And so what am I going to do where I can actually make some money? You know, yes. and so that's that's kind of where art and then graphic design eventually kind of came into play. Yeah, well, that's just, that's awesome. Now, 
school, all growing up and stuff, even as a kid, did you go to normal schools? I did, because here in New Orleans, special ed schools are generally for mentally disabled people. Yes. That's just the way it is here. I don't know if it's different in different cities or different different states, but here, that's, you know, if you're in a special ed school, there's some kind of mental issue. And that's not the case for me. Yes. And I would have been extremely bored. Yep. And I wouldn't have learned anything. Exactly. You know? And so my parents put me in a private school for grade school that was wonderful. It was very family oriented. They made sure they worked with us as far as like if there were field trips I couldn't do or any other kind of activities I couldn't do. They made sure that they really my parents pushed for this, but my parents would work with them to figure out, Okay, well, like, for example, if my class was going on a field trip that involved a lot of hiking, obviously I can't hike. So (laughs) so my mom would say, Okay, well, she can't hike, but these are the things they're going to learn on this hiking trip. We're going to go to a nature center instead. Oh, wow. And she's going to learn the same thing, but not hiking. And normally what would happen is I would get to take one or two of my friends with me on my special field trip. Oh, wow. And so so that would work out really well. In school, I was the only person in a wheelchair until my senior year of high school. Okay. So I was it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I always had, you know, I always had friends that were, able-bodied, completely able-bodied. And so, yeah, I mean, it it was interesting. I never really thought of myself as the girl in the wheelchair because they pretty much just treated me like a normal person. Well, that's Um, great. Yeah, it is. And I mean, my parents made sure that happened and the teachers made sure that happened. And it was good for me because I learned how to interact with kids my own age socially because I had to be around adults all the time yes. growing up. Yes. So I was very comfortable around adults. I had no problem having an adult conversation with somebody, you know, at five years old. Yes. <laughs> but being around kids my own age was different because I just, I wasn't used to that yet. And so socially, that was very helpful. And then for them, you know, they got to be around somebody who looked different but they learned to treat them exactly the same as they would treat their other friends. And so for them, it was good because now as adults, they know how to treat somebody in a wheelchair. Yes, Like they don't think it's weird. They don't stare at them. You know, they, they know how to act. And I think, you know, that's really important too. Absolutely. No, I think, I think that's, that's really what a, what a valuable life lesson for, for everybody that you went to school with. For the reason that you just explained, I, th- I think that's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's school inclusion. And that's, yes. you know, that's something that's a big topic right now in education. And I mean, it's it's really important because, you know, if you start these kids young, you know, learning about people who look different young, then as adults, it's not going to be an issue. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know? And and as somebody myself with, you know, a disability, I know that the world can be cruel, but I find though that most of the time, which I would love to ask you if there's any experiences or just overall, but I find that most people are not genuinely mean people. They say things maybe no. without thinking or or they're just simply 
curious, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so I would love to ask you, how has response been just out in the world, you know, for, for people with with you, especially especially in, in the workplace, you know, like setting, you know, where where you're you're working it and doing all of this work and they they realize, oh my goodness, you know, all that you've been through, you're only two feet seven, you know what I mean? I would just love if 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 there's any things that maybe stand out or just, you know, in general. Yeah, I mean, I, I get all kinds of reactions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the most common negative, I'm going to say negative because I see them as negative. The most common negative reactions I get are that people generally assume that because I'm in a wheelchair, I'm mentally disabled. Yes. And that really bothers me. Yes. They also automatically sometimes assume that I'm a child. Yes. And I mean, neither, neither, which is true. (laughs) And so, you know, both of those are very frustrating and, and people stare sometimes. And I, I, I get people asking my AIDS questions instead of asking me, Yes, you know, like they'll say, Oh, how old is she? Or (laughs) what's wrong with her or whatever. Yep. You know, yep. and so that's a little bit frustrating because I'm right there. Yes. And I can answer the question, you know. Yes. Generally speaking, I personally would prefer it if people just ask what they want to know. Yes. Because otherwise they are going to assume something and it's probably going to be wrong. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. No, I, I agree 100%. Yes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, in general, I feel like People are just ignorant. They're not mean. They're just ignorant. Yes. You know, like they just, they just don't know how to act. Yes. And so then they end up either saying or doing the wrong thing or making a fool of themselves or (laughs) not doing anything. Exactly. Or, you know, you know, I think if there's, you know, like coming on this podcast today, like if there's more education out there and people are exposed to my disease and others more, then that's not going to exist. Exactly. Exactly. And, and 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 I laugh, and the whole time I'm nodding my head, the whole time you're talking, because I can't help but think to myself how ironic it is that two people, me, you, completely different disabilities, 180 degrees different. But the fact that, the way you describe interactions with people is the exact same way that I describe them, especially with the aspect of people not speaking to me. Generally speaking, every time we go out to dinner, you better bet they're going to ask the person I'm with what I would like to eat. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. (laughs) I get that all the time. Or do you want a kid's menu? I get that one a lot. Yes. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. and I'd like a martini <laughs> to go with it. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I'll, it's I'll do, so frustrating. I'll, I'll, I'll do the chicken tenders with the martini, please. <laughs> yes, please. Perfect. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah. Oh, I've had that happen where I had, uh, this is one of my favorite stories, but one of my friends and I went out to a concert one night in a casino, and we went out to dinner afterwards. You know, we were dressed for a concert. Yes. You know, we had makeup on and, you know, concert attire (laughs) on. And we go into this restaurant and the server comes up to the table and she asks my friend what she'd like to drink. And then she turns to me and says, would you like a Shirley Temple to start (laughs) off? And I said, 
Yeah, if you add vodka to it. <laughs> I mean, yes. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, oh my and I'm like, okay, woman, I have like a full face of makeup yes. on. I mean, do you let your three-year-old go out like that? Exactly. Really? Uh, like, let's use our brain a little bit here. <laughs> you know? Oh, Lord. Yes. However, I will say the drinks were free that night. <laughs> so that was That's good. good. That's good. I'm, yeah. I'm sure your friends were like, hey, can we play this game again next week? I know. I know. They were like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff happens to me all the time. Yes. You know, I have people, I don't know if you get this or not. And I think it's partly just because I'm short, but I have people who want to pet my head no, and I'm like, no. why are you touching me? Oh like, my gosh. I don't know you. But okay. You know? So I do not have anybody try and pet me, but, but I will say though, for some reason, it does seem like they see person with a disability. And so it's almost like personal space is out of the question. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like like me. It's totally out. You know of me with you know me being blind. You know I of course you know have a cane that I use a mobility cane for for you know getting around and the people who will who you know if I'm somewhere and I don't have somebody with me and you know oh and I'm I'm you know just trying to find the bathroom and the people who will reach over and grab my cane to start pulling me along and I'm like. No, 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 no. Like, uh, please, yeah. like, <laughs> let go of my cane. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sure you feel the same way I feel about my wheelchair, which is nobody touches it but me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, like, this yeah. is my device, you know? I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. I know. And it's it's just. And I, I really do feel like most of the time people mean well. They do. You know, they just don't know. Yes. They just don't know. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Now, I would love to ask you, especially given the fact of, of your size, and I would imagine it would be even easier for little children. What Have you had any interactions with little children with you? Yeah, actually, I had one the other day. Okay. Like, I don't love being around really, really, really little kids okay. because they can hurt me. Yes. And they don't understand enough. Like, they don't understand if I say, no, don't touch that. Exactly. You know, like, Ugh. like they've got to be old enough for me to be able to make <laughs> them understand they can't touch me. Exactly. You know, for me to want to be around them. Yes. And that's just self-preservation. Of course. You know, that's not, you know. Yes. But, um, but, but this kid, the other day, I was at my neighbor's son graduated high school. And we were at his graduation party and his little cousin is about, I think he told me he's five. Yes, I think he did tell me he's five. And he is a very precocious little boy. Okay. And he came up to me. I had met him a couple of years ago, but, you know, between three and five is a lot of time, of course. you know, in a little kid's life. Right. And so he comes up to me and he says, hi, says his name, you know, whatever. And then he's, he looks at his mom and asked his mom something, which I didn't hear. Okay. And his mom knows me. And she says, well, you can ask her. And so he turns to me and he goes, why are you so short? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh my God, I love kids. Yes. And so I'm like, well, you know, I'm short because I didn't grow like you did. You know, I was born this way. Yes. And, you know, I, I didn't have to grow like you did. Yes. And he goes, well, I mean, I was little when I was young. 
But then I grew. Why didn't you grow? And like, we had this whole conversation. And then, like, I don't think I ever adequately answered it to his liking. But because I tried to go, we tried to go through the whole thing. And then he's like, why do you have a car? I'm like, oh, the wheelchair? I, you know, and I talk, you know, well, I can't walk and I use it yeah. to get around. And he's like, well, when I was little, I had a car like that. I'm like, not like this. You didn't have a car. <laughs> not like this. <laughs> not like this. <laughs> no. And then he goes, oh my you know, because we're at a party, right? And he goes, why do you have a drink? I'm like, because it's been a really long week. That's why. Yes. 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 <laughs> and but- it was just, it was hilarious. It was great. So I guess one thing that I'm wondering, like with him or other little kids. So here we, we, we talked earlier about these adults who assume that you're, you know, much younger. Do little kids think that you are like their same age or think that? No. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. So the little so. kids are smarter. I don't think I've ever, <laughs> I don't think I've ever really had a little kid think I'm their age. Okay. Okay. So little kids are smarter and, and than that the adults. Might be, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and they have no, you know, they have no inhibitions. You yes. know, they have no filter. And exactly. so I don't know if it's that, I don't even know if they think about age. Yes. Like, I think they think about the big or small. Yep. And they think about like how I'm moving. Yes. And then they can't really get past that. Yes, of course. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. It's usually very entertaining, yeah, though. Yeah, of course. Well, I, I say that one of the greatest joys I have is that I go once a year and speak to classes. And I and I do, like, middle mm-hmm. school age kids. And then I do yeah. little, like, kindergarten and first graders. And I'll tell you what, though. Talking to the little kids like that, to me, it kind of gives you a renewed sense of hope for society because you see yeah. you see these little kids with, you know, no judgment. They're just, they're not afraid to ask questions because they're not asking them out of any mean way or any judgment way. They're just pure curious. And to me, exactly. it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is I viewed that as like, how cool is this that maybe by me coming and talking to their class, it can have a small little part to play in as they grow up and maybe another kid has something that's different about them. And so it will help them to be like, not make fun of that kid, but realize, hey, they're just like us, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I usually, so I do some talks at schools as well Yes, every year. And I... I usually like the older kids because I feel like they can appreciate my story a little bit more. Absolutely. And, and I also kind of feel like since I do run my own business, it's something that I can talk to them about that they are probably already starting to kind of think about like what they're going to do with their lives, you know? Yes. And so that, that's not something a first grader is thinking about. (laughs) Exactly. Of course. And I feel like, I can talk to first graders about my disease and that kind of thing, but but then they they don't appreciate the art side yes. yet because they're just not old enough. <laughs> of for course, it yet. no, you know, of course. And so for me, it's more enjoyable to talk to the older yes, ones. Exactly. But 
but I mean, the younger ones are incredibly entertaining. And, you know, (laughs) I I like doing that too. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I love it. I love it. So, so now share with me what you do as a graphic designer. Sure. So, as a graphic designer, I do a lot of branding packages. So, that's like a company's logo. And then from there, their business cards and their marketing material and their website, their social media, that kind of thing. I freelance. So I find my own clients, basically. So I have a lot of different clients right now. My biggest one is that I work for a nonprofit here in New Orleans that provides musicians with healthcare, which is a major problem here in the city. So they they're do incredible work. And I do all of their social media. I do a lot of their print design. So anytime they need flyers or brochures or stickers or whatever it is they need, I do I do all of that. And that's that's the New Orleans Musicians Clinic. And then I have a few other clients. I mean, I, I do some design for retail shops. I have a dentist who's a client. I obviously I do my mom's veterinary office. <laughs> yes. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I do my own. And then, you know, what's great about having the background in graphic design is that I can take my paintings and put them on products because I have the design knowledge to do that. Oh, wow. So like, for example, if I paint, like, let's say I paint a painting of a butterfly, I have the knowledge of how to put that onto a mug or onto an ornament, or onto a t-shirt, or whatever, you know, whatever it is, I decide to put it on. And so that has been really helpful, because it kind of merges my art and design. Yes. I wrote one book in college that was actually, it started off as my senior thesis. It's called Looking Up, which is basically my story. Yes. It's everything we've talked about here today. That was my senior thesis. And then after college, I had a local publisher pick it up and actually publish it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we revised it a bit before publishing, but so I wrote and designed that book. And then I collaborated with my neighbor a couple of years ago on a book called Breed All About Us. And it's about, well, it features 64 different dog breeds. Okay. And I, I painted each breed, you know, like a portrait of each breed. And then she wrote like a cute little paragraph told from the dog's perspective okay. <laughs> about about each breed. And it's really cute because it's, it's great for kids. It's great. It's like a coffee table book. Great for dog lovers. But I had the design knowledge to put to lay that book out, yes. you know, to put it together. You know, so it's it's wonderful when I can combine the two, you know, because most of the time they're pretty separate. Yes. But. It's great when I can combine them into projects too. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. So anybody listening who needs any of that type of work done, graphic design, Mm -hmm. how can they reach out to you? They can go on my website. It's K-A-K-Art, M-N-N-O-L-A, like New Orleans, Louisiana, dot com. So kakartnola.com. And there's a contact form there. You can just email me there. But yeah, I love... I love, love, love working for musicians. And I also love working for small businesses. So either one of those. And then also nonprofits. I do. I have another nonprofit that puts on these food festivals a couple times a year. 
and I do all of the design work for the festival. So it's all of the web stuff, all of the banners and and flyers and posters and all the promotional everything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, no, that's yeah. that's so awesome. Listen, you have been a total joy to talk to. I love your story, but even more so, I love the spirit behind you and and just oh, thank you. your approach to life, your view on life, I think is a breath of fresh air. And I want to thank you for sharing it with me. Awesome. Well, thank you. This was fun. I'm excited. Yes. Well, wonderful. Well, well, fantastic. Well, for you listening today, I can only imagine that you are smiling as big as I am right now because this woman is just, oh, she's amazing. And I just, you know, as always, hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. If it did do something for you that's just left you feeling good, left you inspired, made you motivated to get out there and, and, and take on the day, please, you know, share this episode with a friend. And if so compelled, you know, if you're listening on Apple podcast or Spotify, please be sure to leave a rating and review for the podcast. It just is a uh, neat little way to help be sure that other people find the podcast also. But until next time, have an amazing day. And that's the lowdown with Kevin Lowe. I hope today's episode inspired you, motivated you, and excited you to get out and enjoy life, no matter what obstacles may be standing in the way. 